Welcome to Curious Lorenzo, a podcast where I research in real time topics that I'm curious about. So this is episode two, and uh, um, I'm going to depart from the city's uh, research. Researching a city and, uh, you know, geography and you know, states, cities, countries, things like that. Those are those are easy for me. I've, I've enjoyed doing that. Um, basically all my life, most of my life, since I was a young kid. Uh, I mentioned in the last uh, episode, my, my grandpa had um, encyclopedias, and I would spend hours laying on his living room floor in his like 70s, uh, you know, style carpet, like brown and black blotches of kind of shaggy carpet. And I would just research and just be curious while looking at these different maps and reading about different cities. And so that comes naturally to me. So I'll probably do more of that. But I am curious about other things that I basically have a little understanding of, but might not just gotten around. I just didn't get around to researching or studying. Um, and some of those things are, uh, you know, f- philosophical in nature. Um, some of them um, have to deal with, uh, you know, society and how people operate. Um, I mean, I, I studied economics in, in, in college, and uh, I think what a lot of people don't really understand about economics is it's it's mostly just understanding human behavior and human decisions and how we, you know, how we make choices. Um, and that's, you know, economics. And a lot of people think it's just money, but... It's really like how do people make decisions and how do people, you know, um, decide how to live their lives. But the topic that I'm thinking about right now is tribalism. So the reason I'm thinking about tribalism is because of the state of our country. Uh, I I don't know. Well, so yeah, I mean, it seems it seems like we've had this sort of tribal uh, mentality, especially in, in, in politics, for a long time. So I was going to say that it seems like it's been more uh, apparent, more pronounced, I guess, in the last four years with the, the election of Donald Trump as president. But honestly, from my point of view, and I guess this is where I, where I can speak from the most, obviously, is my, my point of view, is that we've been really divided for a long time. I would say George W. Bush was a very divisive president as well. Not even close to the degree, I think, as Donald Trump. Um, I think George W. Bush tried to be presidential, quote-unquote presidential, I guess. Um, He at least showed that maybe he possibly cared. I mean, I I don't know. This is just, like I said, my point of view, my thoughts. I, I don't know if this is what's true, but it seems like he actually did care about all Americans. Um, I watched, uh, I watched a YouTube video recently. I spent a lot of time on YouTube, I guess. Um, but I watched a YouTube video where he was, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know what the, there's an official title of the speech, but he was congratulating Barack Obama for for becoming president of the United States. And he acknowledged that this is a big historical moment having our first black president. Um, and he was, he was very graceful about handing over the power of the presidency to the other party. Um, and honestly, like I, I don't imagine that Donald Trump is going to hand over the presidency gracefully if, if, if he loses the presidency, which if all polls are, are, are looking like the if the if the outcome is how the polls are looking, then you know that's going to be the case. So, but it, it does seem like we've been in this divisive state state for a really long time. And in my in my view, it, it looks like this divisiveness has its roots in the. And this <laughs> this sounds this is this is my opinion. It seems like, because this is the background that I come from, I guess, it seems like the divisiveness 
is is rooted in in the evangelical church. Uh, George W. Bush was um, notably evangelical, and I think probably truthfully evangelical, unlike Donald Trump, who seems like he's he's pretending to be evangelical to cater to the people who he wants um, to control. Um, but George W. Bush had his, his base who was evangelical Christians. And then there was this other side who are Democrats and folks who, 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 who maybe, maybe don't subscribe to an evangelical religion or maybe don't, um, agree with a lot of the, um, I guess, morality judgments of Christianity. Um, so, so you can see this, I've seen this divide since, since the Bush uh, presidency. And I'm sure, I mean, that's just my memory because I, I became an adult, um, during, during Bush's first term, I was not old enough to vote for, um, Bush in the, the, the first time. Was I? Yeah, I think it was uh, the Bush Gore presidency. That was two thousand. I was I was uh, seventeen when that when that election happened. So I was not I was not able to vote, but um, but it, I I see that divide since I've been an since I've been an adult, and I'm sure it's been there before. Um, you know, you there there's there's sides, um, and right now you can see these sides forming, and on. On on the on the left, it's um, it's you know it's uh, reproductive rights, it's uh, LGBTQ rights, it's uh, Black Lives Matter, it's um, it's pro immigrant. I mean, again, my from my, from my point of view, I I don't know what somebody who has a different point of view might think that the 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 left looks like, but it's it's pro immigrant. Um, it's also, there's also some other things that come along with, with being on the left that, that you subscribe to. But from my point of view on the right, it's, um, you know, they want, uh, I guess, religious freedom. They want gun rights. They want, um, uh, you know, patriotism. And it's like this, the, the America first um, deal. But there's also, there's other things that I see happening on, on this, in this tribe, which are, anti-science and we need to put businesses before the environment and, and before our planet. Um, maybe, maybe we can drive, you know, larger vehicles that use more, use more, um, gasoline and diesel fuel. And maybe, maybe we don't really like what electric cars stand for. Um, so you see these these uh, these divisions building up, and on, and then on the on the right you have evangelical Christians who are still around, and on the left you have maybe 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 atheism, and maybe you have agnosticism, and maybe you have some evangelical ex evangelical Christians. I know I've, I've on on Twitter that's a that's a Twitter thread. I a group of of Twitter folks that I follow are ex evangelicals. I think there's even a hashtag ex evangelical. Or the uh, hashtag Church Two, who are these folks who are who were one time in the evangelical church? But um, I mean, there's a whole movement of those of those people. Um, I mean, that's another that's another interesting topic. I think that could I could even talk even go into. But you know, there's like the liturgists and the liturgists podcasts and um, Mike McCarg, Science Mike. Um, you know, there's there's those groups of group of folks who are who, who were evangelical and, and maybe, maybe have changed their viewpoints. So that's kind of, that's kind of where, what I, where I see this tribalism and it's, it's very deep rooted from what it seems. Um, and I know, I, I know of some people's families who are definitely disagreeing and it's a very awkward time. It can be right now. I mean, it is for me. If I if I spend time with any any family who who might be um, who who maybe we disagree with politically, it's it could be uncomfortable uh, because you don't want to bring up those things. But these things are 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 what what are close to our 
close to close to us as as people. These ideas, these beliefs, these ideologies are really tied to our character and to our to our person, like who we are. So it's 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 an interesting time, especially approaching an election that these tribalistic sort of um, um, qualities are are coming out. But uh, I want to find out more about tribalism. I want to learn what tribalism is, how it's, uh, what, what causes it, why are we tribalistic? Why is it so hard for humans to, uh, <laughs> to agree? Like humans are the only, we're the only animal that, that I think really has this. I mean, well, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. I, I know, I know that, uh, there are, you know, there's prides of lions and they, they, they can identify, so I guess I'm wrong. I'm wrong in real time. So this is what this is what this podcast is about. I'm wrong in real time, but maybe yeah, I guess animals do that. Uh, there's there's prides of lions, and they they mark their territories, and they know which lion is part of the family. And I know elephants can do that too. Elephants are really smart. Um, pods of dolphins, yeah. So I guess I guess we do. It is it's an animal thing, but I think humans do it really well, um, for for good or bad, I guess. So. Let's let's take a look. I guess uh, I'm going to start with Wikipedia. I just Wikipedia'd uh, tribalism, and uh, here's what it says: the the opening little paragraph. Tribalism is the state of being organized or advocating for tribes or tribal lifestyles. Human evolution has primarily occurred in small groups, as opposed to mass societies, and people naturally maintain a social network. That's interesting. A social network. I'm automatically, I'm automatically thinking right now about the social networks that we've created online: Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Twitch. Um, what's that other one? TikTok. These social networks where we can, we can sort of be tribal. We're like behind a veil, and we can say whatever we want to whoever we want. We can be hurtful because. It's it's harder, I guess, to see the humanity in other people when we're on Facebook. And that's, yeah, social networks. Okay. Um, in popular culture, tribalism may also refer to a way of thinking or behaving in which people are loyal to their social group above all else. Or derogatory, a type of, uh, or derog- derogatorily, a type of discrimination or animosity based upon group differences. Okay. I want to read that first part of that sentence again. Tribalism may also refer to a way of thinking or behaving in which people are loyal to their social group above all else. That is interesting to me. Above all else. Right now, if you have a very, very devout follower of Donald Trump, they are loyal to that Trump um, and I, and I'm using Trump. I, I, I guess you could, you could flip it and you can say, um, and here's, what's interesting about folks on the, on the left is they're not loyal to any certain person. It doesn't seem like people, like people, I, people I run into who are, who are very devoutly, uh, Trump or devoutly re- Republican. They, they always, not always, but many times they'll tell me, Oh, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, this, or but a lot of times it's like Nancy Pelosi or AOC um, or uh, Bernie Sanders or this or that. I'm not offended if if they say Nancy Pelosi is a bad person. I don't know Nancy Pelosi, but I'm not like, I don't get, I don't feel offended when somebody says Nancy Pelosi did this or that. It's really interesting. Um, I don't, I don't have a certain, and I, and I guess I'm revealing my, my, my bias, but I don't have a, a tie to any certain person, um, which it seems like folks on the, folks on the Republican end of things are very, very, very devoutly uh, following Donald Trump. Um, so the social group is loyal. They're loyal to, to the social group above all else. And this is another thing that it, se- it seems like folks are, are, discarding their their faith their religion it, to to follow this this trump 
idea. It, and I think I'm being tribalistic right now, actually. This is what's kind of ironic about this episode. I'm trying to learn more about it, but I'm, I'm being tribalistic. <laughs> but this is just what it seems. This is what, just my observations. Um, people are, are throwing out their, their faith. People are throwing out their, uh, their, their family and they're, they're um, discrediting and they're completely, completely ignoring the voices of even, even close family because the tribe rules above all else. That's really, that's interesting to me. Okay, so let's move on to the next part. And, and uh, this Wikipedia article is, is it looks like it's um, separated into eight categories. So there's definitions, social, social structure types, Concept evolution, that's what I want to learn about. I want to know the origins, like why are we tribalistic? Negative outcomes, see also references and external links. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to, yeah, this is not a super long article, so it should be pretty easy. All right, definition. The word tribe can be defined to mean an extended kin, group, or clan with a common ancestor or can also be described as a group with shared interests, lifestyles, and habits. The proverb, birds of a feather flock together, describes homophily. Okay, so I'm going to hover over homophily. What does this mean? Homophily is the tendency of individuals to associate and bond with similar similar others, as in the proverb, birds of a feather flock together. The the presence of homophily has been discovered in a vast array, array of network studies. Okay. So homophily is a tendency of, of people to associate with similar others. Yeah, so I can see that. I can feel that even. Um, I can feel that. In New Mexico, we are, I guess, somewhat diverse. Um, most, most people who live, in, in, at least in my circle, are Hispanic or, or white. So... My wife is white. I'm Hispanic, so we spend time with her family. We spend time with my family, um, and if I were to be honest, I think I can even feel that difference, the tendency for homophily, I guess, even when we're, when we're with family. So when when we're spending time with my family, it's super chaotic. There's no structure. Um, Everybody's just eating whatever they want to eat. There's a buffet style table and people just start grabbing food and talking and everybody's loud. Um, there might be people smoking in the corner or there might be somebody that comes to the, to the party smelling like weed. Um, there might be different uh, boyfriends here and there. Maybe, maybe they're a good person. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, good person. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they've been into some crime. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a wild card when you come to a, a, a gathering at my family. But when I'm in that situation, I, I don't really feel very, I don't feel that uncomfortable. I can just sit around and I'm like, oh yeah, so-and-so smells like weed or whatever. Like there's, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just kind of a, I don't know if I've been sort of trained or, or, or conditioned just to feel that way. But um that's how I, that's how I, how I feel in those situations. I don't, and I don't feel uncomfortable. I feel like, I feel like I'm, I belong, I guess, uh, in some weird kind of messed up way. Um, so I don't know, but it, on the flip side, if I'm, if I'm hanging out with my wife's family, it's very structured, not as loud. Nobody smells like weed. Um, and there's discussion and there's caring and there's stories and there's all, all, all of this. And, and in this situation, oddly, like, I, I feel like I should feel like I'm not, I, I should feel like I'm not, um, uh, like, I, like I, I should feel like I'm comfortable, but in many of those times I feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like this is it, like, it's too perfect, I guess. Um, and I don't know if that's because of our difference in, in, in race or if this is, it's homophily, tendency of individuals to associate and bond with similar others. 
because I am a lot different than my wife's family. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, inter- interesting thing. Like I, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of soaking this in right now as, as I'm talking about it, but you can even see this in groups of people too. And I'm not sure, I don't think it's a bad thing, but white people tend to hang out with other white people. And it seems like, at least by observation, black people tend to hang out with other black people. Hispanic people tend to hang out with other Hispanic people, Asian uh, with other Asian people. Like, you know, if you're, if you're from a different, if you're from the same community, you're hanging out with that. So, I mean, maybe that just happens to be because you're family and that's who you're with. But I think the Disney, um, you know, afternoon teenage special or whatever, where there's like, there's a black person, an Asian person, and a white person, and a Hispanic person, and they all happen to be friends. Like that is, I think that's, I don't think that's likely. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but this this homophily kind of kind of says that we tend to hang out and bond with similar others. Um, and I think this similar could mean not just your race, but it all, could also be your religion. Um, Christians like to hang out with other Christians. Um, liberals, I guess liberals, I don't know what that means. Liberals, like liberal people, like maybe more progressive people like to hang out with more progressive people. Like a liberal person, like a, a, a self-identified like progressive person isn't going to want to hang out with a Trumper and vice versa. They're not going to want to spend time together. They don't want to bond together. So homophily is a tendency of individuals to associate and bond with similar others. So that could be your religion, right? So you don't see, <laughs> you don't see a priest, a rabbi, uh, what's the other one? Priest, rabbi, and I was going to say a wizard. No, not a wizard. You know, you don't see these, these different religious guys hanging out most of the time. Usually you'll see a group of priests. Maybe they're taking a tour across the country, checking out the different churches, um, bonding. They're, you know, they're part of the same Catholic, Catholic, uh, what's the, is it diocese? Is that the group of people, the group of people in like a region? Um, or you see a group of people at a Christian college, they're all Christians, or uh, a group of rabbis walking around Brooklyn, New York. I've seen all of this, but you don't, you don't see very often, or at least you don't notice it, um, you know, like a Christian, a, a Jew, and a Muslim hanging out. So, yeah, that's, so it could be religious, it could be, it could be ideology um, and political parties. Like I'm at a, at a Trump rally, I don't think you would see a single Prius driving liberal or progressive wanting to hear what President Trump has to say. Like that's just not going to happen. And the same thing, you're not going to have a Second Amendment Donald Trump fan attend a um, Joe Biden town hall and just really get to know what Joe Biden has to say. That's not going to happen. All right, let's keep going. Um, so the proverb, birds of a feather flock together, describes homophily, the human tendency to form friendship networks with people in similar occupations, interests, and habits. Some tribes can be located in geographically proximate um, areas, like villages or bands, though telecommunications enables groups of people to form digital tribes using tools like social networking websites. So that's, that is uh, pretty important right now, I think because we have formed these pretty strong tribal ties. <laughs> pretty strong t- tribal ties um, digitally through social media and through the internet. Right off the bat, I'm thinking about uh, QAnon, the 2chan or 4chan uh, kind of conspiracy theory board and that has group that has for, allowed a group of people to form this really strong tie. Um, the other thing I'm thinking about are is like uh, Facebook and people on Facebook that are able to st- uh, form strong ties. Uh, there's also Reddit. Reddit is a community of of people, and I feel like Reddit tends to be more um, more on the left, more kind of uh, liberal in thinking. And if somebody says anything. 
it says anything that is like sort of right wing or right leaning or conservative, um, I think it, it gets downvoted. So you 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 are punished with downvotes if you say anything that kind of uh, disagrees with with that um, that sort of general consensus uh, idea of you know anti anti right wing. So. So yeah, I, I think definitely in the internet, social media websites, um, different programs, different radio programs and podcasts have definitely formed followings around it. Um, and that's, uh, that's another thing. All right, let's keep going. In terms of conformity, tribalism has been defined as a subject, subjectivity or way of being, social frame in which communities are bound socially beyond immediate birth ties by the dominance of various modalities to face-to-face and object interrogation or integration. I'm sorry. In terms of conformity, tribalism has been defined as a subjectivity or way of being social frame in which communities are bound socially beyond immediate birth ties by the dominance of various modalities of face-to-face and object and object and object inter integration. Um, And this is from a book by James Paul, and this was cited, the cite, this citation is from a book from, um, oh, Paul James, Paul James, called Globalism, Nationalism, Tribalism, Bringing Theory Back In. So this tribalism has kind of risen above just blood ties and family ties and, and ties from our family and our, and, our, and our local tribe, like our village from what would have been back in the day, but it has grown into something new because I think also because technology has allowed this to happen. Technology has allowed us to connect with people who maybe think like we do um, across, across the country, across the United States. And um, yeah, so it's definitely grown. It's now, it's now not, not isolated to your, your own individual tribe. All right. Uh, I'm going to read the rest of this definition, and then I'll move on to the social structure. Ontologically, tribalism is oriented around the the valiances of analogy, genealogy, and mythology. That means that customary tribes have their social foundations in some variation of these tribal orientations, while often taking on traditional practices. For example, Abrahamic religions such as Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, and modern practices including monetary exchange, mobile communications, and modern education. So, so that means I, I think I'm interpreting this as tribalism has sort of taken on um, our faiths, and it's been sort of um, retrofitted to our normal to our modern society, and. Um, is is deep rooted in these Abrahamic religions. So I don't know, I might be wrong on that. All right, let's move forward. The social structure. The social structure of a tribe can vary greatly from case to case, but the relatively small size of customary tribes makes social life in such tribes usually in, usually involve a relatively undifferentiated role structure with few significant political or economic distinctions between individuals. A tribe often refers to itself using its own languages, its own languages word for people and refers to other neighboring tribes with various efforts. Uh, Effort, efforts, how do you say that? Let's ask my Mac. Epithets. 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 For example, the term Inuit translates to people. Okay. Let's look up epithets. So epithets, an adjective or descriptive phrase expressing a quality characteristic of the person or thing mentioned. An objective or descriptive phrase expressing a quality characteristic of a person or thing mentioned. Here's the example. Old men are often unfairly awarded. 
um, the epithet dirty. So it's just an adjective that describes somebody. So bleeding heart liberal or (laughs) I saw on Twitter, somebody said a smooth brained um, Trump supporter. So definitely Twitter is a place where you can find tribalism deep rooted. Uh, I tend to follow uh, the the liberal circles. So I hear all of the tribalistic sort of ideas, but I do follow some conservative followers too. And they're kind of saying things too. And they're they're um, assigning these adjectives to describe the other. And it's definitely not nice um, most of the time. All right. Um, I'm going to go over types and then I'll, I'll take a break and then talk about the evolution, uh, you know, where this comes from. So types. Tribalism implies the possession of a strong cultural or ethnic, or ethnic identity that separates one member of the group from the members of another group. So I'm going to read that sentence again because I think that is important. Tribalism implies the possession of a strong cultural or or ethnic identity that separates one member of a group from the members of another group. The possession of a strong cultural or or ethnic identity. So there's a strong cultural or ethnic identity. So you can see, you can see this play out right in front of our faces right now. It seems like it seems like um, more sort of like Hispanic, black, and then more kind of progressive people are on the left and on the right. And I don't even want to say like progressive, more 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 people of color is like kind of kind of the, the hot word right now, but more people of color on the left. And on the right, you have, it seems like majority white people. Like our, our country, I think, is, is majority white people. But it also happens to be that, the, it, that, the, that the, the folks on the right are, they feel bad feelings, negative feelings towards Black Lives Matter. And they'll often respond to Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter. It also is interesting to me that it appears that people on the right are anti-immigration. And it's not like they're anti-immigration from Canada or anti-immigration from like Europe. But when you talk about Mexico or when you talk about Central America or when you talk about um, Asian countries, it seems like folks on the right are a bit more Uh, anti-immigration from those locations. So maybe I'm wrong about that. That's my, that's just how it seems. That's my observation. But this is sort of playing out this, this sentence here. Tribalism implies the possession of a strong cultural or ethnic identity that separates one member of a group from the members of another group. So based on strong relations of proximity and kinship, members of the, of a tribe, tend to possess a strong feeling of identity. Objectively, for a customary tribe society to form, objectively for a customary tribal society to form, there needs to be ongoing customary organization, equity, and exchange. However, intense feelings of common identity can lead people to feel tribally connected. So these things are making people feel bonded together. Um, Whether it be a person, I think it definitely could be a person like Donald Trump. It could be uh, these ideas like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, equality and inclusion and acceptance. Um, That's definitely something that is bringing together people on the left. And yeah, so kinship, um, forming forming strong bonds of identity so that's uh that's interesting there so let me keep going the distinction between these two definitions for tribalism objective and subjective is an important one because while tribal societies have been pushed to the edges of the western world tribalism by the second definition is arguably arguably undiminished a few writers have 
postulated that the human brain is hardwired towards tribalism by its evolutionary advantages, but that claim is usually linked to equating original questions of society within tribalism. Yeah, there's a lot in that sentence. Let me read that again. A few writers have postulated that the human brain is hardwired towards tribalism. So I've, I've heard that, and there's a whole section in this article about uh, evolution um, and how tribalism plays in that. But it's hardwired towards our tribalism, our brain is. And that sort of makes sense to me because when when humans were, when we were in our infancy, when we were new species, we had to bond together to survive. You had to cooperate with your group of people in order to survive. To um, and I'm 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 thinking about this show that me and Lindsay watched. My wife Lindsay watched called Alone, and you have these people who are alone. Um, surviving it's on netflix they're surviving in uh in the uh, arctic circle and it's really hard for them they have to do they have to hunt they have to find food they have to make a shelter they have to make fire um they have to uh endure elements like the, the outdoor elements and it's it's hard to survive so before technology before electricity and heating it was difficult to survive, but if you were a group of people, a group of minds that you could be, you could put these minds together, it would be easier to survive. And you can you can form teams to to take down a, a large, you know, moose or a large uh, whatever sort of animal that you were hunting. Um, so these those were advantageous for survival, and I think our genes might have selected for those those uh those traits in people the people who could work together in within your tribe and also there might have been some other neighboring tribe who was after your resources that you got maybe they maybe they wanted your moose uh because they couldn't get a moose so maybe maybe some people were a group of were, were, were groups that would that would take from others and that's how they survived so then there you could see like where all these genes would be selected to favor survival, whether it be protecting your tribe or, or forming bonds with your tribe to um, help with mental health and, and, you know, being together and feeling a sense of community and sense of love. Um, I think that's what it comes down to really is this, is this survival. So I think I'm going to come back to this. I think this is pretty interesting to me. So I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. So I left off on the types of tribalism and there was a sentence that I read a couple of times that kind of stuck out to me, which was a few writers have postulated that the human brain is hardwired towards tribalism by its evolutionary advantages. But that claim is usually linked to equating original questions of society with tribalism. So it sounds like this statement is maybe contesting um, tribalism and human evolution. I'm not sure. This is Wikipedia. People can just throw something in there if it's cited, I guess. Um, but uh, this citation is from, let's see, Eric from uh, Michael McCobby from 1970, social char character in a Mexican village. Uh, so I don't know. If you want to read that book and report back, feel free. But uh, yeah, the, the evolutionary piece of tribalism is really interesting to me um, because for humans, we've, we've definitely advanced in, in the scale of things, in the, in the time scale, time frame of things, super fast, right? Even if you think about just 100 years ago, um, in, in 1920, I would, I would, I wonder how many people had electricity in 1920. In fact, I'm going to look this up. How many Americans 
had electricity in 1920. So this is from gizmodo.com. So I'm, I'm not sure the validity, validity, that's not hard to say, validity, validity, there it is, validity, <laughs> validity of this, uh, this article. But it says in 1920, 35% of American households had electricity. By 1929, 68% of, Ameri of Americans had uh, electricity. If you don't count farms, 85% of Americans had electricity by the end of the 1920s. So this is pretty incredible. Like 1920, just 35% of American households had electricity. Okay, that was um, my school giving me a robocall telling me that um, flu shots were available. So podcast interruptions, fun. Anyways, yeah, so... Um, in 1920, 35% of American households had electricity. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because over time, in the scale of things, humans, technology-wise, have, have advanced in huge leaps and bounds. And we no longer are isolated to our small tribes. And we have now, we have now been able to, with the with the um, introduction of electricity into our homes. And that was just 1920. And think about, think about in the last three decades, what the internet has done for us, communicating and bringing our, our globe, our, our earth, from this huge planet to, to compared to us. And it shrunk it down vastly. Now I can, commu I can communicate with somebody across uh, across the ocean, right? I, I don't. I mean, I don't know how many people do. I guess we're still kind of isolated in our tribes in that sense. I'm not going to be able to talk to somebody from Argentina because there's also a language barrier. But I guess if I wanted to, I could. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have advanced uh, by leaps and bounds in the last century. Um, so... Let's, uh, let's keep going. So tribalism, so this is the co concept evolution. Tribalism, tribalism has a very adaptive effect in human evolution. Humans are social animals and ill-equipped to live on their own. So that's kind of like what I meant, was mentioning before that, you know, I was talking about that show alone. Um, some people can do fine, I guess, like in, the, in that show. They lasted, I think, a couple of months before they started to feel like they were going crazy. But we need other people to take care of us. We need, you know, people in our community who are really good at building shelters. And we need people who are really good at, um, you know, being a doctor and taking care of people. I think that there's always been these sort of roles that have been kind of assigned within communities, uh, you know, there has been the the hunter, there has been the cook, there has been the um, the person that cares for other people, there has been the person that t maybe tells stories or maybe uh, inc has encouraging words. Like there's there's a person <clears throat> in each community that kind of fills that role, and we can't live on our own. Humans don't. We are we are social, and I think we're definitely finding this out in this pandemic how social we are because um, we're told that we have to, we have to be confined to our houses um, in order to stop the spread of this virus in order for, you know, for the greater good. We want to make sure that the, the virus doesn't spread, but it's hard. People are struggling. I think I know I, I've been struggling. I'm working from home. And like this last week I've, I, I've been thinking about, and remembering what it was like to work at, at my at my school, like being in the school building. And I kind of missed it. And I kind of missed, you know, talking to my coworkers and conversing with other adults and being with the students. And like, I missed that. Like I, the, the social piece is a big part of our lives. So we are very social. And, um, and yes, I agree with this statement that we are ill-equipped to live on our own. Sometimes I like to be alone, 
but that passes. Like I, maybe, maybe, maybe it'd be really nice. Like this is one thing of mine. Like it's really, it it would be really nice to maybe wander a city that I don't know by myself without anybody else to tell me where to go or what to buy, you know, where to eat, um, what to visit. Like I would love just to be in my own mind, have my headphones completely charged and just kind of guide my own day. And I, I have had a day like that. I did, I did, I did do this in New York City. Um, I think it was before I was married. So this must have been like maybe 2006 or something like that. But uh, my friend was working. He was working in, the, in, in, in New York City, in, in the city, in Manhattan. And I had a day just to myself. I had a, sub, I had a metro card. I had, uh, I had just got my student loan disbursement. So I had a little bit of money. Um, and I just walked the streets. I took the subway to different places. I had the entire day. I had headphones. I had music. And I just explored. Uh, and it was so cool. But by the end of the day, I remember thinking, like, I just want some social time now. Like, I'm ready to hang out with my friend and hang out with his friends. I want to get a beer with them and just, like, socialize. And it felt so good to get back into that social setting. Even though being alone felt good for a little bit, I didn't want to stay in that aloneness. I didn't want to stay there. So um, getting back into that social setting was, was definitely refreshing. So we are, we are ill-equipped to live on our own. I think it's just mentally and then our, our skills. We have, a, we have a, a vast array of different skills that each human can provide within a community. So that's, it's definitely there. That's part of our survival. I think that is still uh, important to our survival even today. All right, so next sentence. Tribalism and social bonding help to keep individuals committed to the group even when personal relations may fray. That keeps individuals from wandering off or joining other groups. It also leads to bullying when a tribal member is unwilling to conform to the politics of the collective. Yeah. This is, this is some, some truth, I think. I think I agree with this. Tribalism and social bonding help to keep individuals committed to the group. So even when you... Even when you disagree with people, you're more tied to that, that social group, that social setting when you start to disagree. And I can relate this to some personal experience. So I, I was brought up in the evangelical church and um, I was in the... It was in the evangelical church and maybe even kind of still am, I guess. I'm not exactly sure, but um, maybe I'm not. But I was brought up in this church and I was taught these different things as a kid. Um, Even from a young, you know, probably nine, ten years old, I remember uh, going to this this church, which was a very evangelical Pentecostal church. And they had this, um, this weekly sort of magazine that was distributed to all the churches um, every Sunday. And I remember it was election season. It was probably, it must've been 1992 when Clinton was elected. Was that 1992? Um, let's see. Uh, Bill Clinton was elected president. Yeah. 1992. So it must've been 92. I remember, uh, the, pe- this, this, uh, this magazine that was distributed to all the churches and it was, and I, I, I didn't know much about politics at all, but this is my first exposure to politics was this magazine that was talking about Bill Clinton and how he was definitely not the candidate that you wanted. And he was, you know, that's just what I remember. Um, I remember thinking, Oh, this is interesting. Um, didn't think much of it, but I, I continued to be brought up in this in this uh, landscape where where um, it's very political. Um, there was purity culture. There was uh, you know a- anti anti abortion. Um, there was uh, you know this these these ideas of marketing the church. They called it witnessing. So they wanted you to witness 
quote unquote witness to other people and try to get other people to join the church and bring your friends to church and not to be, you know, not, not to, um, hold back from friends and every friend you meet, you have to tell them about, tell them about Jesus and your church and bring them to church. Uh, so, and then, you know, reading your Bible and being very devout. So there's all of this that was kind of taught to me from a young age. And I remember just even, even as an adult, just being very committed to this group of people, this tribe, this evangelical tribe, even when, I mean, I never had any personal relations fray, but I definitely had my own ideas that started to take shape as I became an adult. And it was very hard for me to leave that tribe. And I think that the pandemic and Donald Trump and all of this was the kind of the last straw. Um, and I feel like I've left. I'm still trying to figure out what my faith is. I don't know. I know this is not like where this podcast episode could have gone, I guess, but like into my own personal kind of faith, but it's my podcast. So I could do what I want. Um, so it was, it, I think for a long time, I've had these ideas kind of formed as an adult, like even, even as far back as, as college, like I've had these ideas formed, but I continued to call myself a member of this tribe. And I didn't leave, even though a lot of these ideas were just really conflicting and, con- and, and you know, conflicting with what my personal feelings were. And I, I remember even in, in, in college sort of defending the church to maybe some of my friends who were not uh, part of the same, I guess, tribe that I was, even though I felt like maybe they're right. Like, yeah, you have a good point there, but, you know, this is, the, this is how I feel. So, so definitely tribalism pre- uh, played a role there in my personal life. So I'm going to keep reading. That keeps individuals from wandering off or joining other groups. So yeah, I, I, it kept me from wandering off. It also leads to bullying when a tribal member is is unwilling to conform to the politics of the collective. Um, I don't feel like I've ever been really bullied, but I can I can see how this would happen. Like if there's a person who who definitely disagrees with that mainline sort of tribal idea that they would be bullied. And I think that this this might happen. Uh, I think this would happen right now if we're talking about politics. Uh, on the left a bit. So if you're not, if you're not quote unquote woke enough, um, you can, you can be, you can be canceled. You can be, um, sort of severed from the group. You can be, you know, excommunicated and then you have no tribe and then you're alone. And, and just like I read before, nobody wants to be alone. You want to be a part of a group. We are social people. We need to be with other humans. So that's like the, the ultimate, um, the ultimate sort of, uh, what do you call it? Like a um, sentence is to be, is to be um, ostracated. Is that a, is that a word? Ostracated? You're going to find out on this podcast. My, my um, vocabulary is, is definitely bad. Ostracized. That's it. Uh, a group of people have been ridiculed, ostracized, and persecuted for centuries. I was in a sentence. Exclude from a society group. Yes, yeah, so ostrac- ostracized. And I'm okay with my bad vocabulary. I'm learning in real time. So this is what this podcast is about. Um, so yeah, they're ostracized. And like nobody wants to be excommunicated or ostracized or, or you know, banished. That's, that, that, that feels horrible. That's as a human, that's like the worst thing that could happen to you. So you want to agree with the collective because you don't want to be, you don't want to be pushed out. And I think that there's some major issues. Um, and it seems like this might be more on the, on, on the left, just from my observation than the right, uh, just sort of, if you, if you don't agree with this hyper, uh, progressive liberal sort of sort of idea, then then you're done. Like you can you can say that yeah, I want Medicaid, uh, Medicare for all, Medicaid for all, or and everybody's entitled to health insurance. Everybody's entitled to college, and I feel like my taxes should go towards the better of the community. But then if you disagree on something like abortion, like you're done. Or if you if you say that um, you know if you disagree with any sort of major, major idea on that, on that end, it's kind of, you know, 
you're out. Or if you misspeak once or twice, or if you have a, if you have something in your past um, that you're not proud of, then you're completely just ousted. So it, it, it benefits you as a social human to kind of conform and kind of be a part of this group. So, yeah. All right, let's keep going. Some scholars argue that inclusive fitness in humans involves kin selection and kin altruism in which groups of an extended family will, will, with shared genes help others with shared genes based on their co- coefficient of relationship. In other words, the amount of genes they have in common. The other scholars argue that the, the fictive kinship is common in human organizations, allowing non-kin members to collaborate in groups like fraternities. So this is going into race, I think. Uh, kin selection is, have, you know, how, how much of our genes do we have in common? And I'm not sure about this because when we talk about race and ethnicity, um, I'm hopeful that humans humans can be more together than, than, than separated. But observation, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, so you kind of see groups of people kind of hang out with other folks of their, of their race. So is that birds of, birds of a feather flock together sort of thing. So you have black communities and you have Hispanic communities and you have white communities and you have Asian communities and Native American communities. Um, and sort of this, uh, idealistic Disney um, picture where there's just um, a high school where there's like, you know, equal amounts of each race. Like that's, that just doesn't exist. You're going to go to um, South Chicago and find mostly black people. And you're going to, and, and you're going to go to, you're going to go to Portland and find mo- mostly white people. And then you're going to go to the South Valley in Albuquerque and find mostly Hispanic people. Like that's just how things work, I guess. But I think that we are capable, if you get to know somebody in person, to, to bond with that person and to appreciate the differences. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic in that. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. Um, there's uh, subtopics in this in this that are just really interesting to me. I think that can go into there's there's gangs, fandom. Um, let's see what else we have: religion, racism, nationalism, uh, chauvinism, cults. Like this is all so so interesting to me, and I think that these uh, all stem from this tribalistic sort of way of of thinking. But. Yeah, it's just an observation that I had during this election. I hop onto Facebook and I have family members and friends who are very vocal about their support for one candidate or the other. Most of the time, the most vocal people are, are supportive of of Trump, at least on my feed. And it just seems like it seems like the big takeaway from from me kind of researching this was there was that sentence I read where above all else, you know, people are going with their tribe and they're throwing, throwing out these ideas that maybe they feel are good and right. Like, for example, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to drop the, I'm not, I'm not going to try to be objective or anything like this right now. I'm just, just going to have my opinion. For, for the evangelical Christian church, the tribalism is so deep-rooted that they are following a person, Donald Trump, who to me kind of embodies what the Proverbs were talking about in the Old Testament against. Like if you read through Proverbs, it's like, don't be like this. And I think that who he's describing is the character of Donald Trump. And then you go to the New Testament and then you read about who Jesus is. And I'm trying my hardest to see, like, what do they see in Donald Trump that, that Jesus had? And it's almost the exact opposite, it seems like to me. And it might be my tribalistic sort of biases um, coming into play, but 
I really, I'm, I'm really trying just to, just to kind of be empathetic to a lot of thoughts and ideas, but it's hard for me. I, I just, that, that, that one thing, like your, your, your tribe is, is more important than what you were taught, like is good and right. So I don't know. Um, well, the, the election is happening in, in six days, six days from the recording of this. Um, I think that our tribalism is going to be shown on, uh, you know, front and center on November 2nd. Is that when it is? November 2nd? Let's see. I should know. November, November 3rd, election day. On election day, those, those tribalistic ideas are going to come out. They're going to come out on Facebook. I think if Biden wins, there's going to be a lot of people saying, uh, saying really mean things about people who voted for Trump. And if Trump wins, there's going to be a lot of people say, on, on Facebook saying really mean things about people who voted for, for, for Biden. There's going to be a lot of uh, throwing it in other people's faces. I know that. Tribalism can be, can be ugly, I think, today. Even when, when Trump contracted COVID. Uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying they were hoping that he would die. Uh, uh, you know, Trey, um, Colin Jost, and is it Trey? Let's see. A weekend update on SNL. Weekend update is Colin Jost, uh, Michael Che. Uh, he kind of made a joke in passing, like he like that he was kind of hoping that the president would have died of COVID. So it's kind of, you know, I don't know. Like that's there. It's very ugly on on both ends. This tribalistic sort of idea, and I think that you know it's it's kind of warm and fuzzy to think like, oh, I want to be unified. We want to be unified as a as as humans. Um. But that's, I think that's one of the hardest things to do for humans is to kind of get us to uni be unified and to be in agreement about something. I think that the last time our country was in this kind of unified sort of area was after the attack on 9-11. Um, uh, I remember that as, as being kind of a unifying idea for the most part. There was support from coast to coast for, for our police and our firefighters in New York City. Uh, front and center was on display the sacrifice that people were willing to do to save another person. So we saw that. We all saw that. And immediately after this was happening, people would put flags on their cars, like we, like not 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 as a not as a nationalism thing, I think at first, but as a we are the we are America, and we we we're together. Sort of the tribalism, I think that's the the good pieces of tribalism, like support, like we're here, we're here together. We're supporting these, you know, EMTs and and firefighters and 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 police officers who were risking everything to 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 save other people who were, you know, in these buildings. And I think immediate, like pretty soon after that, so there was uh, October, the World Series. And I think it was, uh, I might be wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to, again, Google in real time. But I think it was the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, this was 2001 World Series. Yeah, the 2001 World Series was uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the uh, New York Yankees. And one of the most, um, one of the most kind of iconic images in my brain from that 2001 World Series was when uh, George Bush threw the pitch, the opening pitch. And, you know, a lot of people didn't agree with George Bush and his ideas. He was a Republican president, but I felt like, 
I felt like he was, he was America's president at that moment, just at that moment. So it just, it was, it's kind of sad just thinking back, like we need, we need a huge tragedy like that in order to bond us together. And right now I think there's a tragedy happening with, with COVID, but it's dividing us. And there's a tragedy happening with, with our black community being completely forgotten about with our LGBTQ community being, being separated. And I don't know, like, I would love to see, I would love to see our our community being brought together more, but I want to be hopeful. (laughs) It's hard to be hopeful right now, living in the, in in a United States that I feel is, is maybe one of the most divided countries that we've seen in a really long time. Um, but um, I, I guess I'll, I'll keep hope that, we, that we're not as, uh, as exclusive. Maybe we can figure this out as a people. I don't know. I, th- I think if we don't figure this out, it's going to be bad news for us. Um, I think we've been here before. And the, the other instance I can think of is the Civil War. Um, you know, you, you had, you had two groups of people who were definitely, uh, fighting against each other, literally fighting against each other. And I hope that we're not going to get to that point. So again, thank you for joining me. Um, finding out really quickly that I don't know much and, uh, (laughs) I'm learning even my vocabulary in real time. So thank you for coming along and being patient if you are even listening. Um, but that's all I have for today. Thank you.